Sammy. Good morning, everybody. Um, obviously, being asked to share with everyone about uh, Peace in our Everyone series. Um, just going to start. Tenekoto Pizza Farm. Called to Mini Tuatahiri Pizza Matua for Ehu Karaiti Ratu, called to Wairu Tapu Tenekoto Kaukua. It's a party in two names. Iti Papa i Takatune, Tinakwe, Inga Tangata or Tina Urohe, Koko Plani Tane, Tinakwe, Kowayo, Kor Saint Bartley Tokumua, Kor Olivia Tokuwahine, Kor Emily Rova, Kor Gordon Amova Tamaruki, Norada Tenakoto, Tenakoto, Tenatato Katoa. Um, so, a little bit about me. Uh, I'm Sam, most of you know me, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm married to Olivia, and we get to celebrate our eighth wedding anniversary pretty much next weekend, so it's pretty exciting for us. Yeah. Um, we've got two children, uh, Emily and Gordon. Emily's five, Gordon's three, and they're on the other side of the doors, so you can't visibly see them. And the other one we can't see is currently being cooked at the moment, and that's baby number three, so um, can't see that one. Um, I. A little bit about my past, I've always been brought up in church, I've always been very blessed and very grateful that I was brought up in a Christian family and that we had Christian values and um, the importance of a Christ relationship was really important for all of us and it was just something I carried through my life and I'm pretty grateful for. Um, in recent times we've been part of Kuimako here for about 18 months now and um, Libby and I have been privileged enough to serve as the youth leaders for the um, Majority of that time, so that's pretty awesome, and we, yeah, we do love it. Yeah. Um, I just want to take this time uh, as I've got the microphone for a second to honour the Canadian. Um, these guys are, thank you, extremely humble. Um, they won't ever ask for praise, and they won't ever ask for, um, yeah, gratitude. We, we all have a huge amount of gratitude for what you two do, and you guys are amazing. Love you. Um, yeah, it's just going to look at me. Sweet. Cool. So, obviously, I'm speaking into our first bit of the uh, Advent series on Apple, sorry, the second bit, because the kids did an amazing job doing joy last week. Um, I'm doing peace this week, and I got to choose it. And I chose it because it's quite an uh, easy trait that I exhibit. I think I'm quite a peaceful guy. So. I didn't want to stretch myself too hard on the first go, so um, So I'll recap the meanings of Advent um, to begin with. So Advent means the preparation for the coming, and that is the preparation for the coming of Christ again for us. Um, it's in three parts. We This is a celebration of time. It's a celebration of Jesus uh, coming for us as a baby all those years ago. Um, the second part of it is a celebration that we can actually access Jesus now, which a lot of people seem to miss. Um, Jesus is uh, something that we can have a personal relationship with, and that's the second part. And the third part is that we get to look forward to Jesus coming again and living in paradise with him forever. Um, I'm going to read this to you. This is the verse that I've rested on lots recently. So I'll read this out to us, um, and then we'll touch back on it later on. Um, Matthew 14, 25 to 32. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake, and they were terrified at sight. Um, it's a ghost, as they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Um, come, he said. So, 
Um, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards them. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Um, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught him, and said, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind then died down. Um, while I was preparing for today, I wanted to make sure my understanding of peace was uh, on point. Um, so I did what all of us do when we went to Google. And I still what uh, Google had to say. Um, the description that Google gives to us is, is this. It's a freedom from disturbance or tranquility. A state or a period which there was no war or a war had ended. Um, to me, the image that I would attach to that definition is this, which is a bit of a tease for us since we can't go anywhere like this at the moment. Um, now on a sandy beach, it would be amazing. Um, unfortunately, the definition I put up before isn't quite correct for us, and it's a definition that we will hope will be true all the way through our lives, and it's something that I know I've prayed for in the past. Um, and I would say, I've been in many situations or places like this before on holiday, and I haven't found peace at all, or I haven't had any version of peace in my heart. And contrary to that, I've been in places where it's been disruptive and uh, it's been a little bit turbulent, but I've had complete peace in my soul, and that's because of Jesus. Um, I, the description that I have, a little bit more than this, is the Hebrew word shalom. Um, so that means harmony, it means wholeness or completeness, um, which is a lot more in line with what the Bible says about what peace actually is. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a story and a testimony, a little bit of the Lord's peace in my life. Um, I start with a classic couple of questions. Have you guys ever had a plan or a goal or a heart's desire that uh, God really puts on your heart that just didn't work out? Um, I know I have, and have you ever had a, a question God's plan for you because of time that's just taken too long and you're just getting impatient and going along those lines? Because those two things are definitely me. Um, for those of you who don't know me too well, a little bit deeper into me, I love having my life planned out. I don't like making plans that much, but I like having my life planned out knowing what's ahead. Um, and at a very young age, I held strong expectations of what my life would be like. I had that modelled through my dad, uh, my parents, through my uncles, um, and through my friends' parents, that my life would be um, going to university, getting a good degree, going off and get a good job, and progressing up that job and having an awesome life through there. It would be simple and it would be smooth sailing. Um, that was a plan I had for myself, and I didn't really include God in it, so that really didn't, uh, wasn't going to end well. Um, it, and it didn't start that well. Oh, sorry, it wouldn't end well, but it didn't start that well. So, back, tracking back 10 years actually, which is crazy to say, I was in my last year of high school and I didn't actually get enough NCA credits to get university entrance. I didn't get enough of them. Um, that took a big toll on my self-esteem and a big hit to my peace because my plan wasn't working. And it was something that I was uh, relying on quite a lot at that time. Um, I can still get to uni by doing a six-month bridging course and I did that at UCOL. Um, that was very disruptive to my life plan which I had going on. So I got that uh, university entrance after that course and then I began business studies. Um, but as it turns out for me, business really sucks, and I really hate it. Um, lots of people love it, but for me, I just really did not like it. Um, so I wasn't even interested or motivated to do this, which was 
completely contrary to like Nick was saying a little bit about my character, got a bit of a work ethic and I had that modeled to me through um, parents and uh, other people around me. Um, I did my, the only thing I can clutch to from that six months at uh, business school that I did get one A, but I can't claim that all for myself because Olivia actually helped me write that essay. So, it's <laughs> um, so after those two things, I wasn't in business school, I didn't know what I was doing, the only thing I had to show for my time out of high school was a 10 grand student loan, which was an ideal. Um, following this, I could have gone and studied something else, um, but I felt like I should wait and find a passion after a bit of encouragement. So I didn't want to waste any more time or money, so I went and got a job. Um, I was lucky enough to get one with a guy from church, uh, my old dad back at Cedar City, his name was Junior. Um, which gave me time to figure out what I wanted to do in life. Um, this blog, job sorry, wasn't glamorous and it wasn't well paying, but it was something to give me a breather and to give me a break. Um, it was hard for me because it seemed like a sidestep. I wasn't going up this life plan naturally. It was kind of going like this and needed a bit uh, more intention to get up that way. So, um, cue my lovely mum. Um, she, we had a conversation about this and being medical herself, she knew I kind of liked the that area. Um, I didn't want to be a doctor because I thought it would take too long, which it does take too long. Um, <laughs> and then I didn't want to be a nurse because I didn't want to deal with her all the time, unfortunately. Um, so she directed me towards radiography, uh, which is what I currently do now. And just to clarify, because I've had this question before, that is not dealing in radio. I take pictures of people's body using radiation. So I take x-rays and stuff like that. Um, so however good it was that I had found my passion, um, I still needed to do a further year of study to even get into the course I wanted to do. So again, I wasn't tracking in the way I wanted, I was going across. Um, so to recap that time, I had very strong expectations for myself. And um, like we all do, we, we can see ourselves doing one thing, but we can find ourselves doing something different. Um, I wanted to, and I had a lot of pride in what I thought my life would be like. Um, obviously, like I explained, it didn't really happen. And through that five to six year period, I should have been pretty frustrated and should have been unsettled and not at peace. But, um, well, and every time I had those speed bumps, yeah, I should have felt those things. But I, I wasn't sure until reflecting on this today and writing this uh, message why that was the case, that I seemed pretty even killed. Like I said, I'm naturally a bit of a peaceful guy. But the two verses, Um, the two verses that I want to, um, that kind of came to mind when I was researching this was Galatians 5, 22 to 23, and Philippians 4, 6 to 7. So Galatians says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you grew up in any church like I did, there's a little rhyme and a tune and a song to it, which I'm not going to sing, but some of you may know what it is. Um, and Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds on Christ Jesus. Um, the answer that I found um, on reflection, which relates to these two verses, is that my upbringing had a big um, help to um, who I am and how I was behaving and how I was feeling during that time. That I was grounded in my faith and I knew that Jesus had a plan for me, even if my own plan was falling around me. Um, and one of the fruits of that is peace. And the other fruit, which is amazing, is patience. 
And I, for whatever reason, was very patient and very peaceful when probably I shouldn't have been. Um, I was often, this is in Philippians, I would sit and pray and I would read the word and I would listen to worship music and I would just allow um, God to change my heart. He would um, not change what was happening around me, but he would change my perspective of the circumstances and change my perspective of God and make him bigger and those smaller, which was really, really cool. Um, so going back to the verse in, again. Um, going back to the verse in Matthew 14, there are three things from here which kind of stood out to me. Um, one of them, the disciples, they were in the boat amongst the storm, and yet they were terrified. And I thought that, um, upon reflection, I kind of related the boat to what our own efforts are to make our lives smooth, um, things we rely on, our jobs, our houses, our, the way we look um, as a thing that gives us comfort and peace, but that's not going to hold up in any strong storm. The thing that we really need to do is what Peter does. And that is, even in the dark and the uncertainty and the stress, we actually need to walk towards Jesus, which is very difficult to do. Um, as we see, Peter failed and he fell along the way. But Jesus was there, he got closer to him to help him out. Um, yeah, we need to learn to trust Jesus and to hear his voice. Um, as, uh, and the third bit is that, it doesn't actually mention this specifically, but you can kind of read between the lines when... Peter gets to Jesus, um, obviously he uh, uh, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and called him, you have little faith, and then they climbed back into the boat and the wind died down, but obviously Jesus had walked away up to Jesus, and they actually had to journey walk back through the storm together, and that the storm didn't actually change when Jesus, uh, when Peter grabbed a hold of Jesus, it was just that his perspective of Jesus changed because he was right there with him. I'm kind of imagining Peter like clinging to his life as he's walking along, like, keep me up, keep me up. But um, that is what it means to be doing life in companionship with Jesus, that we're leaning on him and we're trusting him with everything we've got. Um, uh, like uh, in Psalm 23, it says, We will walk through the valley. It doesn't say that we're going to stay in that valley of the shadow of death. We're going to walk through the valley because we have the Prince of Peace with us the whole way there. Um, and going to Zechariah, uh, sorry, in Luke 1, 78 to 79, Zechariah is John the Baptist's dad, and the first time he holds him and speaks for the first time in a long time, he says at the end of this um, statement, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, that rising sun is Jesus, uh, to shine on those living in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Um, However great this picture is, um, peace is not defined as a destination. Peace is not a place we can go um, and we're at complete peace. Peace is, um, yeah, peace is walking along it, doing it with Jesus. Um, we're not called to live in peace the way the world does, uh, by looking forward to the next holiday, or by looking forward to the weekend, or by looking forward to the end of work and getting your head up, or whatever it is, playing sport. Um, we're called to live in peace with Jesus at our sides. Um, I love the statement that he makes to his disciples in yeah, John 16, 33. Uh, the disciples have just asked him all about why he's telling them about his death that is coming, and Jesus ends it by saying, um, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. Um, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, 
um, I have overcome the world. Um, this is an amazing assurance that Jesus gives to us. It's obviously a bit real that we are going to have trouble in life and we would love it to be something completely different, but it's the truth. Um, but with Jesus at our side, he's overcome it already and we're going to have his peace every time we do that, um, every time we sit with him. So I want to just be like Wendy was saying, this time is uh, crazy. It's full on. There's lots of stuff going on. We've got huge expectations from the world to buy all these gifts and to look a certain way and to put on so many things. But amongst that, um, I want to encourage you to sit with God and to hear what God has to say. That Whether that's what I was doing and praying or reading the Word, or if it's just listening to worship music or praying in your car on the way to work, I just want you guys to make a space in your heart for Jesus to come and bring that peace um, because it is something that is so strong and so powerful. Um, yeah, and it's, like I was saying before, it's not always easy. Peter fell in the water, and the, the closer you get to Jesus, the easier you hear his voice, and the closer you are to touch him, which is pretty cool. So, I just want to finish in prayer, a little quick one this morning. Um, so, yeah, Father, I just thank you um, for the opportunity to come and speak this morning, Father. I want to thank you for all the people here. Um, I just pray for your peace to be over us all this morning, Father. As we are preparing for uh, Christmas, where we celebrate the birth of uh, your son, Jesus, Father, I just really pray that um, we can seek your son out and um, have him at our side through this time, Lord, where we can have your peace and um, yet not let the weight and the expectations of our own circumstances overcome um, our boat. And yeah, Lord, just bring your peace over us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.